told you I was in a swearing place. I have to get through it here. <laughs> it's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to succeed, to learn, and to listen to loud music. We listen to a lot of loud music today. Oh, boy. Sometimes you just happen to be in a place. And there's loud mm-hmm. music. Well, I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger. How, are your ears ringing from the loud music tonight? Uh, no, it was not quite that level, but, um, you know, a bit louder than, than I, I don't know, whenever I think of a bowling alley, I don't think of, um, you know, needing to bring ear protection. Right. I know. We were at a bowling alley and it was really loud. So loud, in fact, that when we got home, I was like still talking in a very loud voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, The kids and I had a good laugh about that. At any rate, we're not going to talk about bowling alleys and loud music tonight. I think you've recalibrated from what I can tell on the mic levels. uh, You're (laughs) you're at like normal, normal tone. So I'm not shouting? Yep. Okay, that's good. Let me know. You'll have to just like give me the the bring it down sign. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, the international symbol for bring it down. Sure. Um, or the teacher symbol for your voice is too loud if I start shouting into the microphone. You got it. Okay. What do you want to talk about tonight? Uh, the topic you came up with. <laughs> Ping pong. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about gift giving. Tis okay. the gift giving season is upon us. Nice. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so we're going to talk about gifts a little bit. All right. So what are you getting me? I thought we were talking about making gifts. Oh, I know, but I thought if I just put it's, you on the spot that maybe you would, you know, drop a hint. Oh, you could, yeah. I could. Yep, yeah, get some inside info. So uh, no. people probably don't know this about me because, um, well, they're not here all the time. I, like, I'm a... I like to know what I'm getting for gifts. (laughs) I snoop. I ask questions. I try to figure it out. Uh Uh-huh. But I like to be surprised, too. That's true. I mean, yeah, yes, both are very true um, from my experience. But um, one of the tricks I have is to have a, a bunch of plans and not be sure which plan will will be what I pick. That you, you're not sure what you're going to execute just, and on? Picking, and, and picking one ends up causing like rippling effects where it's like there's a theme. and You are like the theme-based gift giver. <laughs> you like to have <laughs> a good theme. Yes. It's fun. I like it too. I mean, that's, a, that's an awesome trait about you. You like to have a theme. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it could be a crutch or... Or a strength? I'm not. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's. It appears to be a strength. I mean, it comes across as a strength. Well, great, great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like. I get all caught up in the the juxtaposition of different things that I chose at a certain time, and it's like, well, what what what's the relationship among these things, and uh, what's the meaning? Very nice. Well, what we're going to talk about tonight is in this gift-giving season that is upon us um, is a tradition that we do in our um, family and in our home. And we've done this for a great, um, great, great many years. Yeah, Because um, we've so. done this since before the kids. Mm-hmm. And that is that we make sure that there is um, at least one 
handmade gift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That um, that handmade gift can vary in quality. I think uh, <laughs> I think I've made some things that have lasted quite some time, and then others that um, have a critical flaw. Like, like, like the sandcastle you built me. The, sure. <laughs> well, yeah. Though that's that's um, <laughs> things made out of sand. I think are meant to remind us about impermanence. That's true. No, I can't think of anything that that hasn't stood the test of time. But I'm maybe just not remembering. So I, I, I made some uh, wrist rests with a little bit of scent in them a while back, and then we tried to wash them. Right, yeah. so you ha- it was kind of like uh, ergonomic uh, typing mouse yep. thing situation, right? You know, I still have the mouse pad from that set. Oh, the mouse pad lives. Yeah, and I still use that. The r- okay, only the wrist rest. Okay, yeah. So the wrist rest didn't work out. It turned You're into right. like a baseball bat as soon as <laughs> you washed it once, and uh, or I washed it, I forget, but uh, and and it's when it went into the dryer when things went really bad because I think the washer softened up because I used flaxseed. Oh, that's right. I was trying to remember what was in there because it wasn't rice because I would have known not to wash it if it had rice in it. Yeah. Well, flaxseed like has this neat, it's like the, the it's like slippery mm-hmm. and it just has, um, I mean, un- unless you wash it, it works really well in yeah. some, like something you're going to put your wrist on. It's like a nice little. Um, Comfortable. S- yeah. Beanbag thing that conforms to your, to your wrist unless you wash it. And then it doesn't work out. So yeah, you're right. That one, that one. But I mean, that was after probably what two, three years. It did have a, a bit of a life, but yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it wasn't like two, three days, but that one didn't didn't last. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it happens. So do you remember? Um, and I'm just going to jump ahead and say I don't remember. So this isn't like a trick question. But do you remember? <laughs> um. Kind of why or how this tradition started for us. I don't know for sure, but I think just by default, um, we like to craft things and, um, uh, it's slightly, I don't know. I'm not trying to be all fancy, fancy, look at me, whatever, but I think I started it. I think. (laughs) No, I'm absolutely certain you started it. Yeah. And so our first. I think the, because I think you made me things. Before I ever kind of embarked on making, yeah. because the first thing I remember making for you was the year that I learned to knit mm. and I knit you a scarf. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, but I remember I didn't finish it until I think right around New Year's because mm-hmm. um, we were with my family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I finished it. That's awesome. And uh I don't know if there was anything before that. That's the first thing I can think of. You made pottery for me and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But I don't ever remember giving it to you as a gift, mm, like like as a solstice gift. Right. But yeah, so uh, the the first thing I made, I made like a little like a shadow box box card thing. Yeah. I still have that. Yep. And uh, that's awesome. So I don't know if, let's see, us reminiscing about, cute gifts we made for one another is like it's like best pod- awesome radio best podcast ever no uh, i was just sure trying to get self-conscious a- radio i just oh, want to you're funny um i was just trying to think out. about i was just trying to think a little bit about you know the why we do it and it has become um i think kind of an important thing for us to um to pass on to the kids and to work with the kids on and to 
you know, I really try to sit with them and think about, um, talk with them about, you know, what's something that's special and meaningful um, that you can create and give as a gift, something that's kind of from your heart that you can give mm-hmm. as a gift. And that can be that can be a tricky thing for them to come up with. And so oh, yeah. um, it's, been, it's been a really interesting process. And it's fun now. The girls, and we've mentioned this probably a million times, but the girls are, you know, four and eight, almost four and nine. And mm-hmm. the nine-year-old has, you know, in the last two years really become much more independent and much more creative in kind of the things that she thinks about mm. and wants to be able to to make and build. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, she's getting more skill, more ambition. Yeah. that That's fun. And also I think um, understanding a little bit more, too, about um, the joy of, of doing and, and making something for someone else. Mm. You know what I mean? How that feels really good. Yeah, okay. That, um, you know, one of the places where... Uh, I mean, I, I got it. I just want to admit, I, I didn't start doing it out of like, this was, this was some specific belief that I'm trying to model. Mm-hmm. And it, it just was like, nah, this feels like something I want to do very just instinctually. But then um, a few years into our relationship, we went to a holiday party at some, for some network thing, how like, a I don't know, some place you were working with or what have you, maybe when you were getting your... Um, your psychology degree. Okay. I don't know. Right. But then that, and in that house, it was a lot, like a lot of that family, we got to see them do some gift exchange and they had made, and they, they, they made some things and I can't remember for life of me what objects they made, but they were just not your typical lot things. I don't know. I remember what it was. It was like a, I don't know, someone made someone a knife sharpener or something. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. And then someone else was like, yeah, and I made you a song. And then they performed a song. Yeah. And that kind of thing. That's right. That was really cool. And so that was, that I, that made it more concrete for me. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I get it. I mean, we literally saw like it, like a good handful of examples. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I have... Um, so not my family, but um, my brother is married into a family, and that family, they often do handmade gifts, and they do things like they'll make um, homemade Baileys and make that for everybody, or I mean, they, um, or bakery items. You know, somebody will bake their famous, you know, cookies or whatever, uh, and sure. that'll be um, that kind of a thing. Uh, but also some woodworking and different um, mm. items. And I like think we both we've both have had like elder relatives that will craft stuff. Yeah, right? like um, embroidered towels or um, crocheted, you know, afghans and blankets. And, yeah, yep. hat. One of our most beloved mm. hats was a crocheted hat. Yep. So, um, so it's it's been around. We've you know, and I think a lot of people would be you know have that. Uh, some sort of um, connection with that as well. Absolutely. I like it. It's one of my favorite um, traditions that we do. We do it for the winter solstice is the holiday that we do it for. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also be a challenge. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Because oftentimes, and I know this is very true for you and I, we pick projects that are... Um, time consuming. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
last year I picked um, a sewing project that was A, beyond my skill level and ability, and B, giant. I know that was two years ago. That mm. was two years ago when I did that. Because last year I did the coffee mugs. Um, oh, yeah. But two years ago I sewed um, mermaid tails mm-hmm. for the girls and a set of mermaid tails for their dolls. <laughs> and now that year I started, I completed all of those in the month of October. Like I started, I think, in probably mid-September and had everything done in the month of October. What? Yeah. Really? Oh, because I was so worried about like it not working okay. and not knowing what I was doing. I thought you were going to say how it went wrong. I mean, so you were stressed about it, but it but it yeah. went pretty well. Oh, it, it took so like. much time. Like I took a couple days off work and <laughs> I mean, it was maybe just one day off work, but it was, it was a lot. Cause of course, then you're also trying to do these things without anybody seeing you. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember a lot of times I end up doing a drawing of some kind. You've done some really cool drawings. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And, and it's, um, uh, typically in a frame and whatnot. And it's like, I'm getting the last couple of years pretty, you know, mishmashed in my head as far as which last year you did pajamas. Uh, the, that's what I did. I, yeah. I made, yes. Um, so it was, um, what do you call that? T-shirt puffy paint? No, it was just, t-shirt. Um, just t-shirt markers. T-shirt markers. There yeah, we you go. didn't do yeah, any of the it puffy. Wasn't puffy. And, uh, <laughs> so I was figuring out how to do, uh, essentially either to have a, a planned drawing and then have it visually present on the, on the, um, yeah. item and then actually then, you know, ink it which is a really straightforward process on paper, but not so much on, uh, you know, fabric. Because <laughs> it moves and it stretches yeah. and you got to figure out the, through the and... pressure of the, you know, how much pressure before you are, um, you're pushing down, you're getting ink onto the thing, but then if you're pushing down too hard, you're tugging the thing, distorting the image. And oh, it's, it's, uh, it's doable, but it, it took, um, took a little bit of practice. And, um, and it's still, I, I don't know. I, I, I could do, I could do a lot better, I think with more practice. Well, we all loved them. So. Oh, thanks. Um, so yeah, that's, so you, they were like, yeah, pajama tops with, you know, cartoon characters. Yeah. Like custom made pajamas. Yeah. Like how cool is that? Well, I don't, I thought it was kind of neat, but. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was very cool. So one of the things that I then, um, have done the last couple of years is really kind of help the kids to identify that thing that they want to do. And again, mm-hmm. our our oldest has got a, quite a bit of her mom and her dad in her. And so she, you know, was like, I'm going to build you a house and I'm going to build dad a computer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, child. Um, you know, and so kind of working with her to kind of trim it back mm-hmm. and, and figure out what the right, um, the right, right level activity is. Mm. And then I want them to feel successful. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. So I think it's having some, helping coach them through some constraints and focusing on their project is, I think, pretty critical. Yeah. I've got to tell you, and this is going to be, um, again, really good radio, not good radio. Okay. Um, in that, I'm super excited for this year's um, because both the kids are working so, so hard. They've both landed on projects that are a very good fit for them. Um mm. And so then this is where it's bad radio because I'm not going to tell you what it is. 
<laughs> sure. Well, and I'm not going to tell you what I'm making you either, but um, I think you've figured it out probably, but I don't, I don't want you to say, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we can all pretend that I'm pulling it off. Okay. It's, it's a secret. because I snoop. Um, yeah. But I, I ask questions too to fine tune and and you know. Okay, let me just be really clear for the yeah. people listening. So yeah, you restarted on your project. So I really um, strongly encouraged you to start yours early because this is something that can be very stressful. And once we get into the month of November and December, yeah. um, again because you'll pick a giant project and and whatnot. Um, and so you're like, yeah, I'm going to get started. And then you kind of spent some time working on it. And then you come upstairs out of your office and you're like, I've been working on my solstice gift. And I'm like, oh, cool. And you're like, I have some questions. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And you proceeded to ask me probably 80 questions. So if you think <laughs> that that is what has cleared it up for me and what has like led me to know what you're doing, you wanted to know my three favorite colors, my favorite animals, my favorite symbols, if there were quotes that I particularly liked or didn't like. Uh-huh. Um, I think authors was in there. This isn't making it obvious yet? No. No, well, I think you're making a little list of everything I love. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Well, shapes. I think you wanted to know what my. I didn't. I didn't particularly have favorite shapes, so I remember working hard to try and figure out how to answer if I liked a circle over a square. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, um, interesting. Sometimes there's so much information that um, that maybe it doesn't make sense, and I accidentally created a smoke screen. So I'm good with that. There you go. But I think my message is, is really, you know, I think what's cool about that, you know, obviously all of the somewhat obvious stuff around giving and, you know, a thoughtful handmade, something that we put time and energy in to give to each other. But again, I think, so I think that's kind of some of the, I'm going to call it obvious stuff, but I think what I like to focus on or what I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about was, you know, how do you find that project that's the right project? And I, I think about it in terms of the kids, but also for us, the right project for for my skill level, for your skill level, for the time we have available, right? Because, you know, I could say, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to build you I'm going to build you a table for your office. Well, I have no skill there, but sure, I could probably make that work with enough time and enough supplies. You know, no, not the right choice. Uh, so, how do you kind yeah. of how do you kind of hone in on what the right thing is for you? Well, I think for me, some of it involves the you know, making something visual. That's physical so it can be given as a gift it's not mm-hmm. like a like a digital painting or something oh sure and if it has some digital aspect to some step in its creation it still ends up as a physical object um but then that still leaves quite a wide set of possibilities so oh, in a way yeah. I'm, I'm, all, I'm as i go about my business throughout the year um i'm i'm on the lookout for things that oh what could i do you know, a different medium, a different shape, size, something that, um, well, for instance, I mean, last year is a perfect example of like, oh, wait a minute, I could draw on a shirt 
Yeah. Very and creative. I'm like, well, okay, there you go. Like, so the, I have the thing that is familiar to me and something I've pra- practiced and am comfortable with, but then just throwing just one, one twist. And, and I tell you, even that one twist, I have to be careful because yes. I think like, oh, no big deal. And it turns out like what I want to do versus what I'm able to do just with that one twist is, is not, um, I mean, there's a mismatch. Like I'm often lowering, lowering my expectations <laughs> to be like, well, it's still a nice gift. <laughs> I can give this. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, so yeah, it's hard because I, I still have unrealistic expectations, even when I'm trying to be constrained. So I don't know if, yep. I don't know if that's great advice at all. Well, so I have one where I think for the last two years, I've wanted to do, um, I have a sewing pattern for this, um, oh, it's like a poncho, um, hmm. but like a really fun, cute, sweatery thing. Huh. Um, and I'm just worried I won't be able to do it. So I haven't done it, but I've had that pattern and I've looked at fabric a couple of times for that <laughs> handmade gift. And then I'm like, nope, not doing that this year. What made me giggle is like, I, yeah, we're, we record in my office and I'm surrounded by stuff where the, because of the, how I'm exploring electronics, I've got so many projects that are intimidating to me like that. Yeah. So I understand I think the desire to keep practicing new things and experience the the um, the uh, satisfaction of of accomplishing something that's newer and more difficult or that it's it's a, it's tempting because it's neat when you pull it off right and it's fun mm-hmm. just if we had infinite time and infinite resources so that I could you know if I mess this up go get, you know, another round of fabric or another round of whatever. Mm-hmm. That would be great. <laughs> okay, cool. That's it. Easy. That's it. Okay. You landed it. So for everyone listening, all you need is infinite time and infinite resources. And then you can do handmade gifts with no stress. Of any kind. Of any kind. It doesn't, there's no limit anymore. No. Okay. Wow. So we solved that. All right, cool. Okay. I'm so screwed for my gift this year again. Are you? Yeah. Let's see. It mm. is It is the middle of November. You've got a month until solstice. You've mm. got a month and then a couple days until solstice. Yeah. Yep. So you just got to project plan this and back into it. This is true. This is true. Do you so. want to know a secret? Oh, what's your secret? I'm almost done with what I'm making for the girls. Uh-huh. Haven't even figured out what I'm doing for you yet. I'm normally completely done by this point in the game. Why are you doing this? I don't know what I'm going to make for you because I just, everything I come up with, I think is not good enough. That's odd because I think, I don't know. I mean, the, the I, you've made me uh, a few, a couple of uh, pencil bags, which I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast, right? Oh, I don't think um, we have. No. I love to sew um, zipper bags, but yeah, I just made you like two really cool ones mm-hmm. for your birthday. Yeah. So I don't want to do that again. Um, they're very handy bags. They are super handy. I love them. Yeah. Um, 
so I wouldn't be against that. But it, it's like that's an example of like I don't know. So maybe it doesn't have the allure of of like uh oh I don't know if I can finish it because I've never done this part of the process. But um, ooh, maybe I'll make you the poncho. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You'll be my test case. Okay. Sure. Oh, that's kind of funny. You that like- is funny. If, where if there's something that you want to get into and aren't quite sure, that's actually a nice approach where if you get into a situation where you can do, like for instance, like you're trying to learn a new kind of coding or you're trying to, you know, learn a new um, art skill or whatever, and then you, you land a client that is pretty you know you're, it's con- you're confident enough you can do it but maybe there's just that little twist yeah and then getting you know having a project that's com- a commitment for someone else is a nice uh i i, I think it's a good approach i mean it's, it can be stressful and and, and hellish as also yeah but it's kind of like that um you know committing before you can kind of a thing hmm. it's it's a little bit extreme fake it till you make it not extreme it's uh how how i guess what percent of fake needs to be present if it's like Ooh. you know 80 percent 80 you know totally got this with 10 percent of like i don't know <laughs> see that- i usually see fake it till you make it as the opposite of that like it's 90 percent. i have no clue 10 percent. i'm good well okay so i would say you you know choose your own recipe there as far as how much fake spice you want to put in it, <laughs> because if you've, if there's only a little bit, a little twist that you haven't done before, I don't, I don't feel like that's, that that's too, I don't know, um, cavalier and, or uncaring or, or, um, irresponsible just a little bit. Do you like cranberries? Uh, yeah. Cranberries are all right. Both the band and the food. That's right, the band. <laughs> I like the food. You like the food? Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things that I looked at making for you that I'm not going to make hmm. um, was cranberry vodka. Oh. I know, right? And I'm like, cool, make cranberry vodka. So here's what uh, you do. You take a bottle of vodka. Yeah. You put some cranberries in it. Yeah. And then you shake it every day. For a month, mm. and then you drink it, and it's cranberry vodka. That's it. That's it. So I didn't really How think that. How many cranberries? Um, I have. A, I have. A, I'd have to check Pinterest. Okay. But I didn't think that that um, really counted as a handmade gift. I don't know about that. I mean, it may. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't have maybe as much excitement in it for you. For like, <laughs> it's not so much a handmade gift as hey, I put these cranberries in this vodka bottle for you. Yeah. Okay. So I made you some wapatui. I don't know how. How raw are the components, and how much is your? Um, how significant is your effort in the creative oh, I you're process? Gonna, I thought you were going to say how much vodka. So how big a bottle this, are we I, talking? I I recently podcasted about like unpacking this when I was thinking about um, my game design efforts this year uh-huh. and related to like you could code things totally from scratch and that's a lot of work or you could go you could turn the knob all the way to you just buy components and put them together where sure. you literally right. have finished game engine finished art finished music finished you know I mean, almost everything and you just you know connect the 
connect those parts in something like Unity, which is totally possible to do that. Right. And Are you putting so, some of the rules together too then in that? Sometimes no. It depends. Oh, wow. Like It can like be all done. And so there you go. So having it something that done, I'm not doing that, right? I'm, I'm trying to be, uh, like my, my metaphor was raw versus cooked. So how raw of a... Um, components am I trying to use? That's why I, I use that term. And then versus, you know, fully cooked. If it's fully cooked, it's I don't feel like I've really brought an, any enough newness. Yeah, there's not enough you yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good a good analogy for it too, right? Because there's got to be enough of. Here's my my effort went into this. Hmm. Okay. So you're, I'm sorry, you're not getting cranberry vodka, but we could do that as like a as a family craft. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, Every day I'm somebody's to somebody else's turn to shake it. Yeah, okay. Or, I mean, we could affix it to like a rocking chair or something. You have to we sit could there. build something that yep. like shakes it for us. Yeah. Good idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we have a few different pieces of furniture that, right. could, that could work. All right. Well, we'll, cut, we'll come back to that one on a future um, art and science bunks. Uh, excellent. All right. Hey, I think we should move on to some picks. Okay, let's do that. Um, I have science tonight, and you have art. Okay, very good, very good. The, and with picks, I mean, you know, this being the art and science punks, we like to um, celebrate something related to art and science. Oftentimes, it's a link. Sometimes, it's a recipe or an activity or who knows, right? Yeah. But it's typically a resource out there. And it's, uh, it's absolutely yeah. okay. Cool. So, so you jump in. I want you to go first. <clears throat> okay, I'll do. I'll do art. How many what art I, picks do you have tonight? I always have just one pick. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what I have for my one pick? Yes. Is this is a book? <clears throat> oh, I love yeah. it when you have a book. And it's the book uh, "What They Didn't Teach You in Art School." Um, by Rosalind Davis and Annabelle Tilly. And oh, then wow. um, and the subtitle is uh, What You Need to Know to Survive as an Artist. Very cool. Yeah. And um, what, they, what they point out in this book, it's not like an indictment of, the, of like formal art education or whatnot, saying like, oh, there's, there's these giant gaps and how dare they. Or there's not finger wagging or whatever. It's just, I think it's, it's pointing out, I, I don't know, pragmatic pragmatic useful things to to also know like as far as like running running a small business and uh networking and marketing and oh sure all kinds of things and even really particular specific things like well if you do a gallery show here's what you need to think about and if um let's see uh like constructive ways to talk about your work and show it and and that kind of stuff and it really reminded me of um i'm not doing this as a pick Oh, interesting. <laughs> it reminded me of these seven other books I read. Let me no, just tell you. It reminded me of a podcast I've been doing for seven years called Lean Into Art. Oh, and, yeah. What, what is not, that? Not in a, um, well, hey, I, <clears throat> hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger. <laughs> and one of the podcasts that I do is called Lean Into Art. And uh, you can find out more about it at leanintoart.com or check it out on, you know, the social networks as Lean Into Art or whatnot. I, and I record this with uh, my friend, collaborator, co-host, uh, Jersey Drozd. Uh, we do this every week, typically on a Thursday. Typically it is 9 p.m. Central or 10 p.m. Eastern. 
and uh, often live. And, and then, you know, you can join in and, and uh, react to us as we record. But um, it's the whole topic is the, the big umbrella is to make your art and engage with it and to grow and to share it and to maybe teach others to do this stuff too. Um, there's, there's a lot of hats to wear and we explore them. Right. And yes. so, and it's, and so there's oftentimes a topic related to one of those hats and in, in, in a way, not, you know, same, samey, right. This book, uh, what they didn't teach you in art school. It's, uh, I could have easily seen like being inspired by this book and wanting oh, to cool. do that podcast or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's a great, um, companion, companion and lots of common ground in some of the lists and recommendations, the topics overall. I mean, if you check out the table of contents, there's things like, um, you know, artistic identity or peers and networks. And then um, let's see, uh, presenting your work, you know, having a website, portfolios, social media. Blog. I mean, so like stuff very much so that, that I know I've. Um, Is this a worked, recent book? Jersey to podcast. Uh, it's, it's not that old. It's just a few years old. Um, I think, maybe 2016 or so. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's current and it understands <clears throat> kind of some of those. Approaches. Yeah, it's current. It's not like, well, and now there is the internet, right. which you dial up through Be sure you... AOL or CompuServe. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, anyway, I've, I really, I dug this. So it's funny. And I checked this book out from the library and I, I was like, oh crap, I'm going to have to give this back. <laughs> so then I just bought a copy. Nice. Yep. So but you got to read it from the library and then get your own copy. Uh-huh. I so, love that. There you go. That was Thanks. a good pick and a good mention. <laughs> mention. You got to mention. I need a like so if we, someday when we jingleify the show. Yeah. I'm going to have to have like a little mention. You're going to have to have a mention sound effect. <laughs> you can just reach up and push the button. Like a little like a mention. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had a pick. One pick. Nice. I like it. That was a good one. (laughs) I think it would be, I assume, science-related. My pick is science-related, and this one is kind of of interesting. So, and a little bit personal, so Mm -hmm. I hope this doesn't make people uncomfortable, but um, probably six months ago, oh, it says right on here, in April. In April, I did... um, the color test and it doesn't have anything to do with art. That just happens to be the name of the company. And so there are several of these companies out there now where it's actually like a genetic, um, they look at your genes to see if you have certain, um, markers. And what I was interested in is the, um, I've always called it the BRCA, but it's BRCA, which is a cancer gene. And so certain people, when they get cancer, they can test the tumors, they can test the cancer and see if it is this certain genetic mutation. And then that um, kind of has certain indications about for treatment. And the reason I was curious about this is because I have a brother who, who passed away from cancer. And so I, and, and he died um, about a year before this test became standard. Mm. And so none of his stuff was ever tested for this genetic component. So we never knew if it was a genetic, if his version of cancer was genetic and therefore would kind of increase my risk. So when it first came out, there still wasn't kind of a good test. Anyway, there's tons and tons of these tests out there now. So I did the color one. 
and I don't have the genetic marker, so hooray. Um, but there's something else about this I want to I want to share. So did the BRCA test. That was my whole purpose for doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically send you a kit in the mail, and there's very clear instructions, and essentially you spit into a container and seal it all up with their special stuff and send it out, and then they do this analysis. And then you can meet with their genetic counselors. You can have your results sent to your physician, all of these kinds of things. So I did it. Everything looked good. I was very happy with the service and with everything about it. Um, and kind of thought that was that. Well, it's a you know a young company. This is kind of new tech, new technology going on, new science in some ways. Um, so a few months goes by from when I had done that test, and I get an email from them, and they said, "Hey, we're continuing to learn more. We're continuing to do more." And I'm thinking as I'm reading this email, "Oh, great, they're going to ask me for more money for more things." But no, because they're doing their research and because they're trying to learn different things. They had tested my sample for, the first one was lactose intolerance. And they said, if you're curious about your results, you can log back into your account and you can see what we, um, what we've determined. So um, I, I've never had any problems with lactose intolerance. And so I was very curious. And so sure enough, logged in and it said, nope, we do not see, um, you are, it says you're very unlikely to be lactose intolerant. Um, and they kind of tell you exactly why in the different parts of the DNA. Like, literally, they will tell you the DNA position that they monitored for this. Um, so lactose intolerance, they said, we looked at DNA position, you know, 2 colon 136606, blah, 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 blah. Your result was this. This means we don't believe that you are lactose intolerant. So another one that I got, they kind of gave me the result Um, It was alcohol flush response, which some people, when they consume alcohol, kind of have this immediate flush response and have more uh, where they really, you know, they get kind of hot, their face gets red with, you know, as little as, you know, with very small amounts of alcohol. And I Mm -hmm. didn't have that either. Um, But at that one, they said, here's the results. And then they asked me a series of questions where you could tell they were kind of checking their research. Have you ever had this happen? Have you ever had this happen? Um, which you could choose to answer or not. But here's the one that got me really excited because this is something oh. I've always wanted to know. I got an email from the color people. Yeah. And they had done another test. And it was going to tell me finally, definitively, based on my DNA, what my earwax type is. <laughs> Did you even know there was more than one type of earwax? I don't know how I knew that there is, but I I, th- I feel like this is maybe because of services like this or something. It it, it gets mentioned because I've heard it mentioned on on a you know a podcast or two. Oh, really? In recent months. Oh man. Yeah. So the choices were. I can't believe you already knew about it. Was basically wet or dry earwax. Mm-hmm. And I, based on my DNA position uh, result, I have wet earwax. Mm-hmm. And now everybody knows. Sorry. See, I told you this was personal. It's, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> With my wet earwax mm. sharing. Um, so anyway, I, did, I logged in and I did notice um, the other um, two that are in here, which I think is fascinating, how my DNA would 
would do this or would know this, my bitter taste perception. Oh, what? And my cilantro preference. Oh, what? Yeah, apparently the cilantro one was interesting because they say, um, dun, dun, dun. So we analyzed your DNA for the presence of a genetic change near OR6A2 gene called blah, blah, blah. Um, that makes an olfactory receptor, which is a sensor in the nose that helps us perceive smells. Changes near the OR6A2 may impact whether or not we find cilantro fragrant and citrusy are soapy and moldy. Some people think that cilantro smells and tastes soapy and moldy. Mm. And other people, fragrant and citrusy. And does that directly correlate to then, the, then they eat it anyway? Or they eat it... Well, no, it's just... Okay. It was, what was it? You would dislike it. Okay. Because it, my results came back saying I have a slightly higher chance of disliking cilantro. Yeah. And I really love cilantro. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Like, this is the first one. Because I, I think it tastes a little soapy, smells kind of good, but it doesn't taste like icky, right? And so I don't know why, like, but, but... If I don't know if it's like if there's too much cilantro, I can I can definitely um, feel an overpowering of like that. This is this is too much. It's now it's and it's not like yeah, a too yeah. much of a yummy thing. It's like it's almost yeah. like it's a it's a kind of flavor that um, makes something more challenging to eat in a nice, interesting way. But if there's too much there, then it's like, no. Well, no thanks. You might have a genetic change near your OR6A2 gene as well. I wonder. That makes you think that. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm curious. Isn't that interesting, though? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, it's fascinating the different things that they're trying to look at and they're trying to kind of sort out and, and, and look through and, and determine. I, got, I was surprised that they're concerned about the cilantro because I think there's other, there's like, you know, better, bigger fish to fry when it comes to our genetics. And I think, um, I think part of it is just kind of some of the way that, that research works, right? Uh-huh. I think they're probably trying to figure out bigger things. Sure. And out comes the cilantro data. Right. Like, well, I guess we have it. <laughs> <laughs> the earwax one is the one though that really. You're kinda... not getting the Nobel prize for the cilantro. You don't think so? Nope. I, you know, I. You're probably no, I'm right. pretty sure it's not. You're probably I'm, right. I have no ins- insider uh, perspective on this, but uh, um, oh, what is that? A uh, couple episodes of the Freakonomics podcast where they'll they'll talk, or the, there's one for sure where they talk about the Nobel process for. Uh, um, oh, of course, it's it would be um, economics, behavioral economics, I think. Okay. Anyway, and it. Uh, it seems pretty pretty rigorous where they I don't their preference would be I don't but then again maybe there's just a there's a lot of people affected by this so who knows maybe there's a case well and again I don't know what the what they would do with the information right there could be some um, you know some significant disease or disorder that they're that they're working towards and this just happens to be the gene receptor that they're they're studying wouldn't that isn't that funny yeah exactly you know? and yeah layperson. You know, I, I I can make make all my layperson you know jokey jokes, right? And and uh, you know what? 
the cilantro science is perhaps <laughs> what saves us all from, from you know. The zombies? Yeah. There you go. Who knows? Who knows? I don't. So well, I'm, un, I'm unqualified to both. I, 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 sh, I take back all my cilantro jokes. Well, and I will say that I've been very fascinated because each of these, uh, these are called discovery tests. So each of the discovery tests that have come through um, have been very true in my opinion, um, with, again, the exception of the cilantro one where I'm like, hmm. But you know what? I bet you the next time I eat cilantro, I'm going to be like, oh, this is so soapy. Uh, you know what intolerable. I mean? Like, now it'll be in my brain. Uh-oh. Soapy cilantro. <sighs> Who knows? Well, we can report back on that. What happens? What happens next? Oh, had I planned ahead, yeah. I would have, like, cilantro right here and we would just eat it. You know, that's... Oh, look, here's some. <laughs> that's why it's okay nope no cilantro no cilantro all right well that wraps us up for today thank you for listening and for being a part of the art and science punks community rob where can people find us online oh well i don't think they can find us anywhere cilantro is sold so <laughs> thankfully we don't have to worry about that but um you know what? We are online in a few places, uh, such as the social networks. So like on, on Twitter and Instagram, right? But on Instagram, you got we can have a longer name. So we are art and science punks. But on Twitter, we're shortened to art science punks. Fantastic. And you can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm. We're also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where we would appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can reach me at Art and Science Punks on Instagram or at Kate Stenzinger on Instagram. Well, and uh, that's awesome that you mentioned where you can be reached. And I am reachable as my name, Rob Stenzinger, on Instagram and also Twitter. Keep building, making, and sharing. This episode brought to you by Cilantro. Yeah. Cilantro Growers of America would like to thank you. Wow, she she jacked my mic when she I know attempted to jump on my non-existent lap. In your trap. Trap lap. Trapped it in my trap.